Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Jiggle. Uh -huh. Bounce. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Let it bump though. Hello, what's up everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Royal State of Mind. I'm Amiri Tullum. Thank you so much for stopping by. On today's program, we are joined by Cameron Garrett. She's a teenager who writes at places like Huffington Post, MTV, and Rookie Magazine. She also creates short films and documentaries. She has her own blog. For all the girls who are Half Monster, which can be accessed at halfmonstergirls.blogspot.com. You can also find her on Twitter. I definitely recommend giving her a follow at Dancing of Pens, D-A-N-C-I-N-G-O-F-P-E-N-S, where, as her profile location indicates, she is black by popular demand. Cameron, thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, of course, of course. So um, I wanted to actually start by kind of introducing the topic that a lot of discussion is centered around on your Twitter feed, um, for example. And one of those discussions is kind of ways we can make the literature world, ways we can make books, media, um, and, and writing in general a more inclusive, all-encompassing field. Often, the only voices that you see rise to prominence seem to always be uh, white voices, white male, white women voices, and similar storylines, too, that really don't offer any sort of diversity. And so that's a main focal point of some of the discussions I see happening on your page daily. And I actually wanted to ask you just to elaborate on that point and kind of explain to us where that conversation starts. Does it start with uh, having more people of color writers and more people of color characters and experiences? And those are all facets, but where do you think the conversation ultimately, when it's all said and done, starts and originates? Oh, wow. Okay, I think it starts um, with more people reading um, and paying attention to what they read, first of all, because I think that one of the issues with the lack of um, inclusiveness and diversity is that people read and they don't pay attention to the fact that they're subconsciously picking up on certain ideas. So, like, you'll read a book and a common theme is that, like, you know, darkness is horrible and you, st you start to identify with that. And if you're like a person with dark skin, it's a negative thing. So if you start being mindful with that, then you can speak on those things and understand why they need to change or how they impact people. Mm -hmm. um, but the other question, I'm sorry, it was how I'm part of the conversation. Yeah, so basically, how are you as a writer who writes about that idea of inclusiveness and and creating a more inclusive literature world um how does that creep into your writing and how do you try to write surrounded by that context pretty much oh oh when i write um books i try well first i try to write myself first just because i feel like i see it's easier for me to do that and i don't see myself a lot in books um when I write other people who aren't like me, like people of different races or like sexualities, um, I try to get other people like of those same groups to read them to make sure they're accurate. Um, when I write articles, I try to keep in mind that the people who read them aren't just like me. So 
I try to think about, um, like when we talk about diversity, I try to think about the fact that it's not just white and black. I try to think about like Asian people who are left out and um, people of different sexualities who are left out. So I try to think about everyone, but ultimately it ends up being part of my own experience. Right. And so when you say we have to kind of look at what we're reading and kind of critically inspect how we're interpreting the text do you have any personal experiences from like when you were younger and you were reading and 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 were you aware of that from the start of of when you got interested in books and interested in literature or is that something that you had to kind of teach yourself to do as the years progress it's weird because i actually had to teach myself to do that and i didn't notice like i didn't notice until i started reading it online and i thought those people were being overly critical Uh um but I don't exactly, I think we started reading like older books in school and we read like Rudyard Kipling, like the Jungle Book and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like a very racist guy. And it was, it was like books. I think the whole um, uncovering, like the stories behind Disney movies was a big thing for me, like Pocahontas and um, the Jungle Book, where it was like, if you look at the original stories or history it was like they come from really imperialistic, like racist people. And I was like, if this happens in books that we like regard as classics, does it happen in books that I read every day? So that was sort of something that spurred me to start looking more at the stuff I was reading. Now, you mentioned like school. And I think that's so important too to kind of recognize because so many kids only read books that are assigned yeah. to them by, by, educa- by the educational system. How, from your experiences, I kind of got a glimpse of that there, but could you just go a little bit more in depth, I guess, into your experience with reading books from the educational system that may or may not have diversity and inclusion in mind? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've been lucky, like, lately, because the teachers that I've gotten um, in high school and um, they've, you know, like, my uh, teacher that I had in ninth grade, he was like, you know, we only read books that are written by, like, white guys. And I was like, yeah, but he couldn't really change it because it was the curriculum. And I think even if, you know, there's a curriculum set, your teacher can still have a conversation about it. Like, in ninth grade, we read, I'm trying to think. It was basically a bunch of books by white guys. It was Dracula, mm-hmm. and we read Shakespeare, and we read... Um, of mice and men. That's what we read. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Okay. And I think the big thing with that was my teacher was like, we need to pay attention to the characters who were sort of on the outskirts. And there was a character who was black, and um, I think the character referred to him as like a Negro, and like the characters referred to him as that. Mm-hmm. Um, my teacher's like, if you examine him, he's sort of, um, sort of on the same social level as. Um, one of the main characters who was like, I guess mentally ill in a way. He um, mm-hmm. he was hit in the head and he didn't function the same way as other people did. Um, so my teacher was like, the black guy hates him because they're considered the same, but the black guy can do more than him or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about the use of the word Negro and like a bunch of white kids in my class were like, yeah, we can say it because black kids say it. And... <laughs> I just, I, I'm glad that my teacher like facilitated conversation because I feel like there are so many kids who read books like that and, um, don't have a conversation. They start to think 
that things are okay. And so how how do you, I guess, because you're writing, um, I guess for you personally, is your audience kids your age? Like what, when you write, is there a particular group of, of, of people that you perhaps have in mind? When I write books, I definitely think about um, like other kids my age. Um, because a lot of young adult literature is like the same thing. It's like a white girl falls in love or like, they they do ridiculous things that like black kids would never do. Right. Um, but when I write articles, it's actually I'm usually talking to adults, which is interesting um, because I feel like it's it's a really weird position to be in to try to educate an adult about something I know more about than them, which is usually like racism. Mm. Um, so yeah. Now, from your experience, are adults a little bit more? understanding and comprehensive of the things that you're mentioning in your writing than kids our age, I guess? Um, um, well, I feel like there are certain groups of people who don't want to understand, like, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some people just don't know, so when they realize certain things they're like wow what else don't I know but then there are some people who will start I think one of the hard things about writing and then you know adults reading it is that sometimes they corner me in a weird way they'll try to um undermine what I'm saying in these really weird ways and I think it's because they're adults you know they look down at me they're like what are you trying to do you're younger than me and I'm like well, you haven't experienced racism, so I'm going to understand it and you're not going to. So the weird part about writing for adults is that sometimes there's like ageism involved and they don't take me seriously. Right. Right. Yeah. I saw one of your your more recent pieces where you talk about that. And I think that's so interesting to think because you would expect like the adult to understand to be a little bit more open to different ideas but it's almost as if if you're younger than them it's like your idea isn't really matured enough yet or hasn't Mm -hmm. been developed enough yet yeah so i want to get a little bit more to the industry i guess quote unquote um and and your experiences writing in a in a situation that often ignores and literally suppresses your voices uh what do you think um is and then why do you think is it so normalized at this point where it seems like the only books that that people can can pop like the only popular books out there are books that kind of highlight different qualities and features of of a certain group but at the same time completely ignores and casts away another um i think it's still so popular because i mean there are a lot of people who are like that's the way it's always been and from an industry standpoint Um, A lot of popular books like um, The Fault in Our Stars or um, Harry Potter even, it's like a lot of them have a lot of the same type of people. So industry people are like, if we're going to make money, we need to have the same sort of story happening again and again. Um, And a lot of times the argument is that people don't want to read about people who aren't like them or if they go for a quote unquote diverse book, they're like, we already have one. So we don't need another one this year. Mm. Um, I think it's getting better very slowly. And, um, you know, 
I know people who are on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, a lovely lady I know, she just got on the list, and um, her, I think two of her two lead characters are, um, they were gay, and then there are other people on the list, like Nicola Yoon, her lead character is half black and half um, Japanese. So it's like, it's slowly getting better, and you have mm-hmm. some people who are like really up there, but then it's like, there's a huge disconnect because some people are like, look at these people, they're succeeding, but it's like, they're some of the few. Mm. Now, would you say that the, like, cause you mentioned is getting a little bit better by better. Do you mean, are there, cause I don't think there's been like more writers perhaps that are writing about these issues or from your perspective, is it that there are more people writing or is it just that the, the rest of society, I guess, is becoming more open to, to reading and kind of critically analyzing what they're reading? I, I don't think there are more people. I think it's the same amount of people writing. I think that they're just getting seen more. And I think it's because there are some editors um, and, you know, publishing houses who think that it's important. But even then, I think that it's also because these people are really good writers and that they have diverse, you know, casts and stories. Um, So I think that's a really important thing. If these people didn't have such good stories, I don't know if there would be such a push for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. It would, would, it kind of, from from what I understand, it's it's almost like a combination of uh, you're seeing a little bit more, like, breaking open i guess of the like openness and acceptiveness yeah. of good writing about different stories um mm-hmm. what what is like because you mentioned the trajectory has gone up what is like a five-year kind of thing for you because obviously when you look at the way that like the industry has changed from what you've mentioned it's changed slowly do you expect that to continue or do you expect it to rise quicker over the next five six years or so i i definitely expect it to continue because i know that there are so many writers who are writing about themselves and writing about um diverse people um i there's part of me that worries though there was a video that was posted yesterday where um, a woman was ranting about diversity and how she hated it and um there are people who think that way and she referred to diversity as a trend and that's like a thing that i see a lot that people see diversity as a trend that will be over in a certain amount of years and i i don't think that it is because it's you know just being realistic when you're writing so if a lot of if there are more people who think that way there's definitely like a lot more work to do but if people are genuinely excited about it like the way that i see then i think that it's going to continue now as somebody who is you kind of mentioned uh a white voice there in that last video I, I, I caught it as it was like the the firestorm was kind of erupting on twitter and everything and it was just kind of shocking just to see that but what do you think the responsibility is for non people of color non-black writers uh people that perhaps don't have that diverse background what is their responsibility to allowing diversity to exist and perhaps including it in their own writing um this is like a big discussion. Um, I think that, first of all, I I see it a lot. People are totally like catching on, but um, boosting other voices and I think understanding that there are situations where your voice is not needed. Like, um, you know, when books are coming out, you know, retweeting and boosting their voices and telling people about those. And um, 
okay, a lot of people um, debate whether or not you should write, you know, people outside of your race. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can be done. I just think it needs to be very well researched and that you need to get readers of that race. And there are going to be people who are upset with the way that it's handled. And that's okay because there are going to be people who also love the way that it was handled. And you owe it to your readers as an author to, to try to try for them. And even if it doesn't work out, you know that you tried your hardest. And just accept the fact that, like, some people aren't going to like it, no matter how hard you try. So you think it's, I guess, like, it's always going to have to be that, like, work in progress for people mm-hmm. on, the other, on the other side, I guess, to kind of uh, appreciate those voices. And like you said, kind of boost those voices in addition to figuring out ways to kind of write themselves. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that it's not particularly i mean it's just me but i think it's not particularly hard to boost other voices especially when they're so good like i'm thinking jason reynolds is such a good writer and i mean like people tweet about his books because they're amazing and that are that's the way that it is with so many authors of color so i feel like it's not you know it's not going to be that hard for people to tweet about their books or to sort of talk about them but when it comes to writing the other as people say um i think that it's something that you have to like i think it's one of those things you have to sit down with yourself and like really consider before doing it you can't just go into it thinking diversity is a trend and i'll make more money if i write a black character like you have to do it well and if people get upset with you because of the way that you you know represented represented them you can't really get upset with them because like they're black and you're not even if you tried. Now, I want to um, kind of switch switch the gears of the conversation a little bit and ask about the ways in which you think um, black youth specifically, since we're both black, I guess we could talk to this a little bit more than, than any other race or demographic, but the way black youth are kind of raised and the importance of books in black households. We obviously can't speak about every household, but I'm just going to ask you about yours. And like, I feel like, when you grow up surrounded by books and like when there are books and bookshelves in your homes, it's just so much more accessible to start reading and start writing for you. <laughs> when did you start writing and when did you start reading? And like, what were your, what have your experiences been like with literature? Um, I've been reading forever. I mean, my dad, I, I'm just thinking about how um, my dad has a bunch, bunch of bookshelves upstairs across from my room and I started like taking them over. Mm-hmm. Um, I started writing, um, I think when I was like 10 or no, younger than that, because I had like a book where I tried to write a sequel to this movie called Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And um, I started writing sequels and weird stories when I was younger. And then I started like seriously considering like getting a literary agent mm-hmm. when I was 13, I think. Um I think that literature is really, really important. Um, just, I mean, it's helped me through like a lot of events in my life. You know, I was um, suicidal and like I was in a mental hospital and like everyone was just like, everyone was so depressed and I was sitting there like I read Les Mis the whole time. <laughs> so I think that books are like so important and I want other black kids to be able to have that. Right, right. And, and, 
how disheartening is it? Maybe is it disheartening for you? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, what are your feelings and reactions when you see like other black youth so disinterested in literature and in reading in general? It makes me so upset, especially since that, like, it's a thing that people in the industry are like, black kids don't read. Mm. And it's a thing. And it makes me angry because, like, it's probably true, but it's also like, there are a lot of white kids who don't read because right. they're not. They don't want to. They don't read unless they're forced to. And I hate that that's, like, you know, black kids don't read is justification for, like, not writing for black kids. Mm. And there, I, I think what also makes me upset is that I think a lot of black kids don't read because they don't see themselves and that they don't see stories they're interested in. And there are so many writers who have written and are writing books that I think black kids in my life would be interested in. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're not reading, you haven't found the right book. That's such a cliche, but it's like so true. Right, right. And so I guess when you're writing, you, we've talked a little bit about like your motive or your approach to writing. And I'm sure every every piece of writing is different for you. But like, I guess, is that something that, that you would perhaps focus on or like like to to kind of kind of keynote your your writing around just being able to 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 provide a vision for other kids who perhaps don't see themselves in their writing definitely it's funny because when i first started writing i wrote and this goes back to you know like seeing yourself and subconscious ideas but when i first started writing i only wrote white characters and a lot of um writers of color and black writers that i've spoken to said they started doing the same thing um mm. and i didn't think about you know who was going to read it or you know I just started writing white characters because I was like this is normal mm-hmm. and even like as I slowly started writing I've written more and more characters like me and the book I'm writing now is just so close to like me and other kids that I know that it's really important to me and I, I wrote it I started writing it after I read someone else's book um, that hasn't come out yet but I was reading it and her book was just so close to experiences that I've had. You know, it was like this girl lived in a neighborhood where there were gunshots all the time and like there were gangs and it wasn't a condescending sort of way that it was written, if that makes sense. It wasn't like, look at these kids and their gangs and like, look at them trying to survive. It was, it was like real and I think that if that book impacted me so much, then I could write something like that too. Right. Well, I guess uh, to kind of close the conversation, um, one final question I kind of wanted to ask is like tying everything together. What keeps you involved in the writing industry, in the filmmaking industry, in the creative industry? What is it about it? Is there that intangible, I guess, that draws you in? Um, I... Well, I mean, part of it is that I, it sounds so dramatic, but I've, I haven't really been happy since I think like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm making things, I feel happy and it's like an escape. So even though it's like somewhat stressful when I see, you know, people not being represented or sorts of things like that happening, when I write or when I make things, it's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. I go into like a different part of my head. And so I think I'm going to keep making things because of that. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me as always. Awesome. It's great talking to you.